before 16. The word. Do you have that in your notes, anybody, from the last time that I taught? Smile, this is exciting. We live in a, what was that temperature in, in uh, was it Syria yesterday? 167 degrees or something? I don't remember, but it was, uh, yeah, yeah, don't even, it's, it's okay. Um, it, this is happening all over where it's starting to happen, where countries that are coming against Israel, God's not going to mess with this. And we're going to see things take place that we would have, could have never imagined. It talks about it in the Bible. There's prophecy that backs that up. And so, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. So let's turn. Anybody have that in your notes, Isaiah 34, 16? What? Yeah, I want to know how far down I went. Did I do John? I did, did I do John 5.39, Acts 17.11? Okay. Where did I end? Okay, then I know exactly where we are. Don't laugh, but my notes got left here. So I got here. All right, Psalms 119.9. The world will cause us to be pure. The word will cause us to be pure. Psalms 119.9. So when you hear things... Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. One nineteen nine. How shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, confirming his, conforming his life to it? So, how do we cleanse our way? When we take the word of God, we keep, we keep watch over ourselves according to his word and conforming our lives to it. In John um, 3, let's turn there a minute. Jesus talks about how we must be born again. And I want you to, to bless you. And I, and I want you to see, we're going to start with verse 1. Now, there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a leader, an authority among the Jews. I'm in the Amplified verse 2. Who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher for no one can do these signs, these wonder works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, I assure you most solemnly, and I tell you that unless a person is born again, anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he is old. Can he enter into his mother's womb again and be born? And Jesus answered, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the spirit, he cannot even, cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. What is born of from the flesh is flesh of the physical and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel and do not be surprised, astonished, at my telling you, you must be born anew from above. Then Nicodemus says, and Jesus goes on to say, Marvel not, do not be surprised, astonished at my telling you, 
You must be born anew from above. The wind blows, breathes where it wills, and though you hear that sound, yet you neither know where it comes from nor from where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered by asking, How can all this be possible? And Jesus replied, are you, the are you the teacher of Israel, and yet do not know nor understand these things? Are they strange to you? I assure you, most assuredly, I tell you, we speak only what we know, what we know absolutely, what we are talking about. We have actually seen what we are testifying to. We, we are eyewitnesses of it, and still you do not receive our testimony you reject and refuse our evidence, that of myself and of all those who are born of the Spirit. I have told you of things that happen right here on the earth, and yet none of you believe me. How can you believe, trust me, adhere to me, rely on me, if I tell you of heavenly things? And yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from earth, the Son of Man himself, who dwells has his home in heaven. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on the pole, so must, so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross in order that everyone who believes in him, who cleaves to him, trusts him and relies on him may not perish but have eternal life and actually live forever. For God... God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. How powerful. We should be so excited. That's us. You know, I think that we become so... I don't want to even say hardened or, or whatever by, by the world that we don't wake up and daily excited. This is a new day in Jesus Christ. I have another day to work out the plan that God has made possible for me to, to accomplish in this day. That is the attitude that we've got to take every day. This can be done. Even though sometimes we look at a situation and you go, is this ever going to get done? Yes, it will get done. Everything that God has promised you in his word is possible for you. The things impossible with man are possible with God. And he wants us to really understand this and get into this. So let's go ahead and turn to, let's see. John 17, 17. Do you have that in your notes? Okay. I guess I read it so much that it just... Um... I love this. The Holy Ghost. Let's go ahead and look at verse 12. Um, John 16... 12, and then we're going to move over to 17, but the Lord wants us here. I have so many things to say to you. We're in chapter 16, verse 12, but you are not able to bear them or take them upon you or to grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole truth, full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatsoever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me, because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine, and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. What a promise. We have a, you know, I think of when your cell phone drops out, 
how many cell phones have ever dropped out or your iPad drops out or whatever. That line that we have to God through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, can't drop out unless we shut it off. And you know, one thing about the Spirit of God, if He wants to keep talking, He'll just keep on talking to you. You might try to ignore it, but if He's got something to say, He's going to tell you. Okay, how many know that? And so we're in, a, we're in an hour right now, we're in a time right now, where God is pouring out His Spirit in a way that we can expect for the Spirit to reveal things to us supernaturally and plan our day for us. We, we go to bed one night thinking that our day is going to be a certain way, and yet we wake up, most time for me it's in the middle of the night, but, or in the morning or whatever, and say, I have a different plan for you today. Just walk in me and allow me to provide for you what I have planned for you because it's already been spoken out. And this hour that we're in right now, things are happening so quick. They're happening like this, that when God says, do it, do it this way now, do it. If you're, if you, if you're not used to hearing the voice of God and say, I need, I need two witnesses or three witnesses in your word. And the more you adapt to him and do what he's asking you to do in the spirit, the more he will share with you and give you. So let's look at what he's saying here. He says, I have many, wait a minute, where did I stop? Um, anybody? 13? 15? Okay. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said, he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal Declare, disclose, and transmit to you. In a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, after a short while, you will see me. So some of his disciples questioned among themselves, what does he mean And when he tells us, in a little while you'll see me and no longer, but in a short while you see me because I go to the Father. He goes on down to verse 24, and I want us to understand this. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now, ask and keep on asking that you, may that you will receive so that your joy, gladness, delight may be full and complete. So this is God's plan and desire for us is that our Joy, gladness, delight may be full and complete. He made a path and he opened that door where we can ask anything according to his word in his name and it shall be ours. Amen. And so he goes on and he says, and let's, he goes on and talks about, uh, take notice, verse 32, the hour is coming and it has arrived when you will all be dispersed and scattered, every man to his own home, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. So when you're in Jesus and walking in the Spirit, you have peace and confidence. When you get out of the Spirit and into the things of the flesh or like like Peter did when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat into the water and he was fine as long as he watched Jesus. But when he saw the waves and when he saw the things around him, when he started taking his attention off the Lord, he started to sink. How many have ever had that? where you start to sink. I'm not talking about water, but in areas of your life. So he says here, he says, you might have frustrations, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I've overcome the world. 
I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Now let's go on into 7.17. He says, well, let's go up a little bit. Verse 14. I have given and delivered, 17.14. I have come, I have given and delivered them your word, your message, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Do not belong to the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. What a promise. So, when you see the things going around you, look up. Remember these scriptures. I will... He says, I will keep and protect you from the evil one. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself. Make them holy by the truth. Your word is the truth. So how are we made holy? By the word. When we read the word and where we obey it. That's what, that's what Jesus said. Amen. Is yours, is that in red? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Neither for these alone do I pray, for it is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and teaching, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that you may also may be one in us, so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. In them, I in them and you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united that the world may know and identify, recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as I have loved you. Something big is about ready to take place. The more vile and wicked the world gets, the stronger. As we get in the word of God and, do, and read the word of God and, and speak the word of God and do the word of God, the stronger he becomes in us. Think of that. Greater is he that's in you and I than he that's in the world. Greater. Greater. Thank you, Jesus. So let's look at Ephesians 5.26. Thank God that we've been set apart. We're back in 17. It says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. So sanctify them, set them apart through my, through my word. Ephesians 5.26. Church, we need the word. We need to open the word and, and eat the word. Amen. Trust me, things are things are starting to things are going to start happening, and you're going to know because of that word that you've put inside of you that things will begin to change. Places that were were dark and and situations that were dark because of of who's in you, who dwells in you. Those things are going to change as you walk in the word and and. Speak forth the word. It shall not go void. You know, I believe when someone takes a prayer cloth, because the word of God says it, if the cloths that were taken from Paul, wherever they were put, demons even came out of people. Whatever. I believe that. I believe what the word of God says. When you take one and wherever you put it, believe. If you have to put it on yourself, put it on yourself. Amen? Okay, what did I say? Ephesians 
Okay. So that he might sanctify her. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church. That's us. And he gave himself up for us so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. By the washing of water with the word. That he might sanctify and cleanse it, us, with the washing of the water by the word. By the washing of the water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Say that with me. A glorious church. He's going to present a glorious church. And we're part of that glorious church. That excites me. So we're going to be presented. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that, that it should be holy and without blemish. Thank you, Jesus. So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And he talks about, so Jesus loves us. Can you imagine Jesus hurting one of his children, one of his friends? Never. You know, some, some people, some religions, whatever, have the wrong outlook of who Jesus is. Okay, 1 Peter 1.22. You know, if you sit in your seat and you think, I've heard all this, teach me something new. A lot of, lot of churches, a lot of pastors are dealing with that type of attitude in the church today, which is really sad. Because when you have that type of attitude, I'm not saying anybody does, but when people get that kind of attitude, it's a prideful attitude, and they are unteachable. They become unteachable. And so in 1 Peter 1.22, since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren. See that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. From a pure heart. Let's look at this. Let's go up a little bit here. Because it is written, verse 16, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on, on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed from corruptible things as silver and gold, verse 18, from your vain conversations received by trans tradition from your fathers, but by and with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do you believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Our faith and hope is in God, seeing that you purify your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, without unframed love and breath of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Think of this, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You know, pastor taught on the sower sows the seed the other day. This seed that we have been born again with is, is, look at what I just read to you. I mean, this is so powerful. We need to read these things. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all, the, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Mm -hmm. 
The word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which the gospel is preached unto you. Glory to God. The word of the Lord endureth forever. We have to become so word-oriented in everything that we do that every thought we speak lines up immediately, flows over immediately to the word. That's how miracles are t- take place. That's how things happen in our lives and in other people's lives. This is what God planned for us. This is exactly, he planned that we be, when you look in, the, in, the, in Genesis, he created Adam and, he, Adam and his own image, okay? And of course, we know what happened. They partook of sin and they died. Well, he came back, he sent Jesus back to redeem the world, to take back, to take back what Adam had given away. And so we have been born again of that seed. That seed is springing forth in us. Think about this. It's building up in us. It's working mightily in us. Thank God. But the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word by the gospel is by which by the gospel is preached unto you. Praise the Lord. It says in the Amplified, I love the way it says it in the Amplified. Let's go up to verse 23. You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin, seed, sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. Hallelujah. For all flesh mankind is like grass and all its glory honored that like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord, divine instruction of the gospel endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. It will live forever, forever and ever and ever and ever. We will live forever and ever and ever because of the word that we have received the word that's in us. Thank God. Think of this. We have eternal life. When you think, I mean, we think of 109 being old. That's nothing in God's eyes. And it's the word. The word. It's just, I can't, can't say enough. All right, Deuteronomy 17, 19. When you talk about Jesus, you get excited. You know, there are so many doctrines out there, okay? But it all has to come down to the word of God and the blood of Jesus. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, that's why I absolutely love Brother Hagin. He stood on the word, Jesus, the word. That's why when people went to his meetings, he would teach the word for at least a week, one week, two weeks, whatever. And then he would minister and people would keep their healings. How? Why? Because they had that word in them. They were built up in that word. Okay, let's go on 17, 19. And he shall keep it with him. Let's see. Um, and he shall keep it in him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn reverently to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of the law and these statutes and doing them. Praise you, Father. It hasn't changed. The Word. Keep the Word in you. Live by the Word. It's so powerful. Okay, let's look at John um, 539. 
you know, they, what word they had, they had the law back then, they had the commandments. They would write, they would write it in front of their heads. So they, you could look at the person and you would see the word. Anywhere you went, you'd see the word. They said, teach it to your children day and night. Talk of this in your home. Teach it. Speak of my word day and night. Have it in, in the frontlets. And, and I mean, think about this. If we as believers just start talking about the word, Jesus, the word, things will change. I promise you, I guarantee it. The Bible says the zeal of God has consumed me. Well, what is the zeal? To me, the zeal is the word. That word. You know, when we speak forth the word out of our mouths, it is like fire. It is, it is sent to one place that talks about it being like a hammer, breaking down, breaking things down. Okay, 539. You, you search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them and these very scriptures testify about me. This is pretty heavy if you want to read, read it. This is where he says, I'm going to read on. You still... And still you are not willing, but refuse to come to me so that you might have life. I receive not glory from men. I crave no human honor. I look for no mortal flame, fame. But I know you and recognize and understand that you have not the love of God in you. Here he's speaking. Here, this, you know, I'd hate to hear this. But I know you and recognize and understand that you have not the love of God in you. For I have come in my Father's name and with his power, and you do not receive me. Your hearts are not open to me. You give me no welcome. But it, if, under, if, if another comes in his own name and his own power and with no other authority but himself, you will receive him and give him your approval. How is it possible for you to believe how can you learn to believe you who are content to seek and receive praise and honor and glory from one another, yet do not seek the praise and honor and glory which comes from him who alone is God? Wow. This is heavy. That's not us. Amen. We can't be ignorant of the times we live in. And you know, we get upset because people are in the world and they do not know the Lord. How do you act, how do you, how do you expect someone that does not know the Lord to act? I mean, it's sad, but we as Christians have turned, I'm not, let me put this, so many Christians, not, not us, I pray not, have turned off the world because of their, I'm sure we all have at one time, because of our attitudes or holding offenses or whatever. It's time to lay aside those things and get in the Word and, and just literally allow the things of God to take place in our lives and for the works of God Almighty to move in areas where He's not been able to move before. He's begging us in this hour. Let me have that area of your life. Let me take it. Let me, let me change that with my word. You know, there's certain areas that, there's certain imperfections that we all look at and dwell on those things in ourselves. Do you realize that those things that we well, dwell on and, and look at, 
literally take us away from the power of God and what he's spoken about us? What's the word say about you? You're the head, not the tail. You're blessed in the city. You're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. All these frailties that we see in our flesh and we get our attention so on those things that we refuse to see that we serve the greater one who has already walked out this plan for us and already paid the price for us to walk in it. This probably sounds like, where is she going? Where is the Holy Spirit going tonight? He's trying to let us know that this flesh is going to stay here. But our soul and our spirit are going with, up with the Lord. Yet we get so concerned about this flesh. I mean, we, need to, we don't need to look like a bunch of tramps or whatever, but we need to be concerned about it, but not to the point where it's pulling us away from God, where it's causing us to think negatively about ourselves. Because if we start thinking negatively about ourselves, then we are not going to walk positively in the Word of God. Am I making any sense here? God wants to build us up. He's placed us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He does not want us to dwell on the impossibilities or the things that have held us back. He wants us to look straight ahead unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith, and hang on and pull that word to us. Glory to God. Mark 13, 31. I don't know who it is. It doesn't matter. It could be all of us. Stop looking at your cells and the things that the enemy is telling you that are keeping you held back. Break off those chains. Tell them to get lost. Stand on the word of God and go forward. Amen? I don't know who it is. It's probably all of us in areas of our life. We need to drop some stuff and just move on. Let the word of God prevail in us. Wouldn't it be sad to get there and Jesus says, you know, there's so much that I could have done for you, but you let the enemy keep picking away at these areas and telling you, you can't do it because of this. You can't do it because you're too old. You can't do it because you're too thin, you're too fat, you're too whatever. What the Lord's trying to tell us tonight is, drop those things, quit listening to the lies, jump up and say, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Don't look at the flesh, look at the spirit. What does God say about you? And cram that down the enemy's mouth. Amen. I don't know who it is. If it's you and you want to tell me later, that's fine. Mark 13, 31. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Hmm. I'm going to move on. For of that day and that hour, no man, nor no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you, not, for you know not when the time is. is for, the fa for the Son of Man is as man taking a far journey, who has left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the potter to watch. Watch ye therefore... Ye knoweth not when the master of the house cometh, at even, at midnight, at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch, watch. He says, watch and pray in another place. Amen? Um, Luke 4.22. There's supposed to be a meteor shower on, from what day was it, honey, I told you? 
Do you remember? It's in a few days. And it's supposed to be just outstanding. You're going to be able to watch it. What is it? August? 11th through 14th, you think? Major showers. Luke 4.22. I love watching things that God performs. You know, pastor was in, we all know Alaska, he was stationed there and, and he was the, and I can't pronounce it, the, yeah, Aurora's Borealis. And he said the lights are, are you can't, you can't even imagine. We have friends that have moved there and they're in this, the time right now where it's, the sun is out all day long and all night. They're having a hard, rough time getting used to that. Can you imagine sunshine day and night? Pastor had that. Okay, um, where am I? Luke 4, 22. You know, we should be just jump up and down and we don't have that. Amen. Okay. Let's look at uh, verse 4, 8, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news to the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation, now listen, and free favors of God profusely abound. Underline that. We're in the day when the free favors of God profusely abound. When you think about free favors of God profusely abounding in your life, what do you think about? Wow. Free favors of God profusely abounding in your life every minute of the day if you will believe it and grasp hold of it and expect it. Like Pastor said, expect the suddenlies. It doesn't matter what someone else has told you or who, whatever someone has said about you that's negative. God says that these are the days. That day, Jesus said that this was the beginning where the, where miracles and signs and wonders would take place and the and the free favors of God will abound it hasn't stopped it hasn't stopped think of this it has not stopped who's stopping it we are John 663 you got to write that down Lord, I thank you in the morning. Get up and say, I thank you, God, that the free favors of you, God, are abounding in my life every day. John 6, 63. Think of that. The free favors of God are abounding in my life every day. <laughs> I don't know you. That goes with, loads me down daily with benefits. Favors abounding and benefits and everything else. Take these scriptures and start getting excited. <laughs> Glory to this. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Glory to God. The words I speak unto you, are, they are spirit and they are life. Thank you, Jesus. John 6, 68. I might have the wrong... And Simon Peter answers, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
though thou hast the words of eternal life. Okay, let's see. Let's go up a little bit. This is where he was talking about. But there are some of you that believe not, 64. And Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore I say unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. For the time, from that time, many of, many of his disciples went, went back and walked no more with him. Then and I can't even, I can't even wrap my mind around this. It's just too much. Um, then Jesus, then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go away? Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hmm. Then he goes on and speaks about Judas. Okay, John eight fifty one. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone observes my teaching, lives in accordance with my message, keeps my words, he will by no means ever see and experience death. Thank God we have eternal life. Amen. First John 2, 3. Get ready over there, Heather. And this is how we may discern daily by experience that we are coming to know him, to perceive, recognize, and understand and become better acquainted with him if we keep, bear in mind, observe, practice his teaching, precepts, and commandments. Glory to God. Revelation 3.8. I know your, your works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Praise God. I'm in Revelation, what did I say? 3.8. Behold, or I know your works. Or in, I'll read in the Amphite. I know your record of your works and what you are doing. See, I have set before you a door wide open, which no one is able to shut. I know you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and guarded my message and have not renounced or denied my name. He's talking to the seven the churches in the last days. I want to go to... Um, uh, James 1 for a second. I put this on my page today. Let's see if I can remember what I put. I know you looked at it, Ruben, so you can tell me if I miss any of this. Okay. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And I put on there that there are three things that we need to have. Joy, faith, and patience. Because it goes on to say, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, 
and upbraideth not, for it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that waver is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind, and toss. For let not that man think he shall have, she, he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What I wrote on my page was, there's three things that we have to have. Joy, faith, and patience. And then I shared how the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It was Paul's. That's how Paul lived his life. How did he learn this? He and Silas in prison. What did they do when they got locked up? They started praising God. You know, we, there's times that we don't like what's going on at all. How many know that? How many have been there? It's like, this is the way it is right now. I mean, you might be stuck in traffic and you might not like what's going on at all. You can murmur and complain or you can start rejoicing. Become a rejoicer because the, if you don't, sell, Satan will steal your joy. If he, steals, if he steals your joy, he'll steal your faith. If he steals your faith, then he'll cause you to become impatient. You won't have patience. Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to bound, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How? Through the word. Anything you desire, you can have through Christ who strengthens you. Okay, Laurel asked me to announce before we praise, we're going to do two songs of praise and worship. Does anybody need prayer tonight? Okay.